1: It's that time again. Wow, it's a Monday already. Weekend went right through my fingers. To this weekend, it was fast. Yesterday was a great day because I got time to uh, spend it with my grandson Eli, and uh, he and I got in the pool. And I had him in his little. He's got he's got his little vest that he's got to wear because he's just a little under two, a little over two years old. So he's got this vest that he wears keeps him afloat. Then he had this thing that he sits in that's a floaty and he can play around and stuff. So Pops, that's what he calls me, uh, was in back of him for a good hour, pushing him back and forth up and down the pool. And he was, you know, when little kids start getting that belly laugh going, it's just the best sound in the world. It really is. It's a, it's a, I don't care what's going on in the world. My granddad and I are having a great time, and it, we, just had, we just had a really great time. And then got him out. He, he got out a lot easier than I did. I get out, and I feel like I weigh 9,000 pounds. You know, you, you have that buoyancy, and then it goes away. And I got in the house, dried off, and then he wanted to play chase. So I was chasing him all over the house. We had a great time yesterday, and pizza for dinner. It was a perfect Pops and Eli day. It really, really was. Hey, today, let's uh, get somebody who can zero in on this whole immigration issue. because you know, that uh, the House uh, agreed to support the Senate bill. So that was taken care. Pelosi, uh, for her, that's a, it's a loss for her. But, you know, she's going to ply it off as not a big loss. Uh, Cortez is having a, a conniption fit. When it when, when does she not have a conniption fit? And then uh, you know they had the uh, debates last week, and I want to play a couple of pieces of uh, of sound uh, for our guest today because he's gonna he's gonna cut it cut the cut to the chase. today. Michael Cutler's with us. He's been with us uh, a lot before in the past. He's got years and years and years of should I say one more time years of experience. Uh, with things that are going on on the border. And, Michael, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for giving us the time today.
0: No, my pleasure, my privilege. You know, you were talking about your two-year-old grandson. I have a grandson a year-and-a-half old and a granddaughter four-and-a-half years old, and that's who we're fighting for. Yeah, You know, it's it's unfortunate. We need independence from most of these darn politicians is what we need independence from these days, don't you think?
1: I, uh, I know that's the case, because if you look back on why— we uh, separated ourselves from England. It's time to separate ourselves from Washington, D.C. Would you agree with that?
0: Washington and too many city halls as well. <laughs> I mean, this, this madness is, is, is rampant across America. Hmm. The globalists in government have sold us out. Let's face it, campaign contributions are thinly veiled bribes. Uh, you know, as a federal agent, I couldn't take a cup of coffee on duty. And these folks are taking with both hands. And if you don't think it influences them, uh, check for a flatline EEG because perhaps you can no longer fog a mirror. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm with so, you. I'm with you, Michael. Well, it's let, crazy. let's talk. You
0: it's really you, crazy and disgusting.
1: You got a brand new article out. I'm going to post it on my uh, website. Dems determined to leave America borderless. And and let's not forget that. Yeah, they're they're not. Doing much to fund the border, but neither did the Republicans do it when they had control of the House and the Senate as well but let, let us right yeah let, let's talk about this because um well first of all, let me play some sound for you uh sure you know we we want to we don't want to keep offering things that are keep making people want to come to America i mean if you're a welfare state and then you have border borderless southern border or northern border or east or west whichever you're going to get people come here that shouldn't klobuchar who's running to get the democrats uh, nomination and she says say here's what my health care plan looks like check check this out here she is cut
0: Want to ask you about the debates this week one
2: question to many of your colleagues and competitors was whether their health care plan would cover undocumented immigrants would your plan do that As part of comprehensive immigration reform, um, we must move forward on making sure that people have health care. California just did that with uh, Medicaid, and I am supportive of that. But I think on the national basis, as we go forward, get immediate health care for people, yes. But as part of making this actually happen, you need comprehensive immigration reform. And one thing that was missing um, from the NBC debate, actually, that I hope we can discuss is that... We have humanitarian crisis at the border right now. But we also did not talk about uh, the other immigrants that are here, mm-hmm. uh, the people who are here on temporary legal status. Uh, we've got hundreds of thousands of people that are legally here that are at risk or are being deported that work in our nursing homes and our hospitals. Uh, we have got dreamers, two million of them, that came to this country through no fault of their own and are a major part of our economy. Um, so we need to have an economic discussion about this as well as a border discussion. And that's why I want to move forward as president with comprehensive immigration All right,
1: so there you go. Okay, so, Michael, the fastest way to draw people to this country, legally or illegally, is to offer them free stuff. That's what I'm just hearing. Free stuff, free stuff, and more free stuff. It's it's just unbelievable.
0: So let's cut to the chase about what they're all saying. First of all, let's start with language. There's no such thing as being politically correct in the immigration debate. Let's be real clear about it. For me, political correctness means you don't use the N-word or anything that smells of it, and I certainly agree. The term alien is not an insult. It is not a pejorative. Legally, all it means is any person, not a citizen or national of the United States. I didn't write that. That is the definition in the Immigration and Nationality Act, the overriding body of law that pertained to aliens in the United States or seeking entry in the United States. So why are we being told, don't use the word alien? It goes back to Jimmy Carter. And I got to tell you, Jimmy Carter had the chutzpah, as we say in Brooklyn, to say the president, President Trump is not a legitimate president. Mm -hmm. I want to remind everybody that it was Jimmy Carter who helped with the overthrow of the government in Iran and gave us and the world Khomeini and terrorism. And it led to, the, to our embassy being overrun in Tehran as a direct result of Carter talking about a legitimate president. I really want to know whose interests he was looking out for when he gave up the Panama Canal as well. Um, look, Jimmy Carter started this nonsense that we're not going to use, we, the employees of the old INS, I was with the INS, we're not allowed to use the term illegal alien to describe aliens illegally present we're going to now call them, we were told, undocumented immigrants. And I got so angry, I started to refer to them as pre-citizens, and that actually caught on. It was also Jimmy Carter who told immigration agents, don't arrest any illegal aliens during the census because they need to be counted. Think about what's going on in the Supreme Court now over this question about whether or not people filling out the census forms are American citizens. This was about gerrymandering seats in the House, and gerrymandering electoral votes uh, during the presidential election. That's what Jimmy Carter has been about all along. And when you listen to the nonsense, the language, these are undocumented immigrants. No, they are not. They are illegal aliens. Let's be clear on language. We can't have an intelligent conversation if we can't even agree on the terminology. And what's so remarkable, Dave, the open borders, immigration anarchists, Both political parties, you're 100% right, and I made note of that in my article for frontpagemag.com, by the way. Both parties want open borders. In fact, it was the Republicans who wanted it before the Democrats. It was Ronald Reagan who gave us the first amnesty. It was Ronald Reagan who gave us the visa waiver program, which is a national security catastrophe. It was Ronald Reagan who included a confidentiality provision in the amnesty application, so we could not share amnesty application information with any other agency, including the FBI. So if an FBI just came running to me and said, Mike, we have a guy with an atom bomb driving through Midtown Manhattan. You have this photo. You have an address. If the only place I had it was in the uh, amnesty folder, if I provided that to the FBI, I would have been committing a five-year felony thanks to Reagan. So please understand, folks, both parties are in on this. If you want to look for collusion, think about the eight gangsters, you know what they call the Gang of eight four Democrats, for Republicans, and what's remarkable was when they hammered out comprehensive immigration reform, which Miss Klobuchar is touting, they threw their staffers out of the room. Now, I've done a lot of work with Congress. I've been before 17 congressional hearings. I've tested. I- I've also worked with Aldermano to create the aggravated felon reentry law that makes unlawful reentry by criminal aliens a 20-year felony. It's the most frequently prosecuted felony for the entire Justice Department. So I I know how Washington works, at least to an extent. And the staffers are normally sitting right there with their bosses, working out the details. When you have the members of Congress telling their staffers to leave, there's only one reason. They did not want witnesses at the scene of the crime. Okay? Let's understand how dirty and filthy this whole deal is. Uh, I wrote an op-ed back then for the Washington Times back around 2006 when this madness was first introduced, and I gave Comprehensive Immigration Reform a new title. I came to call it the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act. And the reason I did that is if you look at the 9-11 Commission report, and I provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission because I've investigated and arrested international terrorists, the 9-11 Commission report made it clear that first and foremost, it was multiple failures of the immigration system that enabled the terrorists, and not just the 9 11 hijackers, but other terrorists, to enter the United States, hide in plain sight, or in their terms, embed themselves in communities around the country. Comprehensive reform would require millions upon millions of illegal aliens, perhaps 20 or 25 or 30 million, to apply for lawful status, even though they entered the country surreptitiously, they ran the border. They essentially trespassed, and there would be no capacity to interview them to get about field investigations. So we still would not know who they really are. We would have no way of knowing when they actually came here. You could have an alien come here next Thursday and claim to have been here for the past 12 and a half years. There would be no way to know that the alien was lying or not. The adjudications officers, and I've spent the years in the adjudications officers, so I, I understand how all of this mechanism works up close and in person. The pressure is on to approve applications. You can approve an application in 15 minutes. It can take you days or weeks to deny an application, because if you deny it, you have to submit a formal report. The denial has to be checked for legal sufficiency by the attorney's. You may need to get an agent to go out and do a field investigation, and there are no agents. So there's no way that you're going to be able to write a denial that's going to hold up. So what's going to happen is almost every application will be approved. The applications for DACA, for example, are running in excess of a 95% approval rate. They are rubber stamping them. There's no other way of disposing of those applications. And just 19 hijackers on 9-11 killed many more people than America lost to the entire Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor on December seventh, nineteen forty one. There was just a hearing, and John Stewart was absolutely right for being furious. Where in the world is McConnell's head? The idea that we're going to make these nine eleven first responders who are dying terribly of cancer, and more than two thousand have died since nine eleven, I believe we're well, well over ten thousand additional who are suffering right now. So far, $7.4 billion has been spent caring for these folks, and you're going to make them wait to see if you're going to continue to help them and their families. They should be the number one priority right next to our military members. So you've got both parties playing games and blithely ignoring that 9-11 even happened or that there was a 9-11 commission report. See, if there were real journalists at these so-called debates, real journalists not fake journalists if i was there here's what i would love to get a direct answer and not allow them to wiggle off the hook like some worm yes or no yes or no did you or did you not read cover to cover the 9-11 commission report question number one question number two your immigration proposals do they or do they not parallel the findings and recommendations of the 9-11 commission Yes or no, because the 9-11 Commission made it clear that if you can't keep terrorists out of the country, you will get attacked. The 9-11 Commission made it clear that aliens who were involved with terrorism applied for such benefits as temporary worker programs like DACA, political asylum, and look what's going on on the border with these asylum applications, or marrying an American to get a green card. Mm -hmm. In some cases, they got citizenship. And then they went and attacked us. Look at the Tsarnaya family, claimed they can't go back to Russia. We gave them political asylum. And as soon as we gave them lawful status, they voluntarily hopped on airplanes and flew back to Russia. Obviously, they lied. So we keep hearing all kinds of terms. They're undocumented immigrants. They're asylum seekers. Boy, that sounds sympathetic. And I got to tell you, Dave, I'm Jewish. My family was decimated in the Holocaust. I was named for my grandmother, who was killed in Poland by the Nazi bums. But think about this. For all the talk about rewriting American history and the whole idea that Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner and how terrible that was, and it is, slavery is awful. But there were Jews and others held as slaves by the Nazis, and you have Ocasio-Cortez comparing immigration detention centers with concentration camps, which were death camps. You know, with the celebrations, and we should be celebrating America's success in going to the moon 50 years ago, and I got the opportunity to meet Jim Lovell and several other astronauts who went to the moon, which was a great honor. Wernher von Braun was a war criminal, and no one talks about that. Nope. His facility at Penamunda in the Harz Mountains in Germany that created the V-2 rockets and the V-1s that were used as weapons of terror against the people of London, were built by slave labor coming right out of the concentration camps. We, we gloss over all that. But you have Ocasio-Cortez comparing concentration camps with immigration detention facilities, and nobody in the Democratic Party has stood up to her. That's what's amazing. A, a barmaid who got a couple of thousand votes is now the face and strident voice of the Democratic Party. And I'm not being partisan. I'm a registered Democrat, but I can't tell you the last time I voted for a Democrat because they're no longer Democrats. So if you listen to all the nonsense, yes, the expense of of enticing these people to come here for free health care and free education is a huge problem. But no one's even talking about the national security implications. Uh, You had Bernie Sanders saying, well, these poor people are running from Honduras because there are gangs killing the kids there he's a hundred percent right that it's happening in el salvador it's happening in guatemala it's happening in mexico but guess what when you allow people in without the ability to screen them the gang members are coming to america so these people that are running from the gangs are finding that they live next door to them right now here in the united states their kids are going to school with them right here in the united states obama's uh, betrayal. The unaccompanied minor program flooded America with MS-13. I started investigating MS-13 around 1991. They were always violent, sociopathic wackos. Their their motto is kill, rape, control, and they're killing and raping 12 and 13 year old children. They're recruiting kids as young as 10. But by admitting all of these kids, the entire country has been flooded with MS-13, and people are being killed on a daily basis. And I wrote about this because we had a case in Florida last year, I believe it was Parkland, Florida, where there was a school shooting, 17 dead, most were children. The sheriff's deputies who failed to act appropriately, according to the government, and I'm not going to get into whether they did, didn't, should have done, would have done. But one of the sheriff's deputies has been arrested and is charged with a string of felonies. He could spend many years behind bars for failure to act. Other sheriff's deputies have been fired for failing to act. But in Maryland, you had two suspected members of MS-13 arrested and charged with attempted murder in the first degree, um, conspiracy to commit murder in the first degree, and robbery. ICE lodged a detainer that said, hold on to these two. If you're going to release them, we'll take them. They ignored the detainer. For whatever reason, even though charges were pending, they released them. First, they said they didn't know about the detainer. Then the lame excuse was, well, they weren't arrested for anything serious attempted murder in the first degree isn't serious i want to know what they think serious is and within days after being released they got a hold of a 14 year old girl that they believed was going to go to the police and they killed her with baseball bats and knives and carved her up
1: and michael i need
0: people who released them aren't being held accountable
1: all right i gotta jump in You've brought up a lot of things. We've got a lot to talk about this hour. I appreciate you joining us. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Michael Cutler, our special guest. We've got just about a minute before we uh, have to get to the news, so Michael will be back with us in just a second. Uh, in that last segment, you know, he brought up a lot of stuff in it that, uh, that we can talk about. I also want to talk to him about his article, uh, again, that was uh, just published today. Makes the statement, he says, uh, on June 25th, 2019, Vox reported the Democratic-led House passed $4.5 billion bill to aid migrants at border, notice migrants, uh, setting up showdown with GOP-led Senate. Now, what's happened is that uh, the uh, House decided to go along with what the Senate wanted to do, and they agreed to it. So while the Democrats balk at the funding of a border wall that would deter the massive tsunami of unprecedented levels of illegal immigration and drug uh, drug smuggling, their leaders are happy to put up the money. All right, back with you, our special guest during this hour, Michael Cutler, who uh, gave you a really succinct, I thought, rundown of where we're sitting at on the border. And then I left you with a couple of sentences that he wrote from his article today. Let me, let me re go over this. While the Democrats balk at the funding of a border wall that would deter the massive tsunami of unprecedented levels of illegal immigration and drug smuggling, their leaders are happy to spend huge sums of taxpayer provided cash on caring for illegal aliens who should, who should not be here in the first place. That, is a damning uh, sentence that you wrote there, Michael, because you're exactly right. Why should we be taking care of all of these people when we could you know, take care of some simple uh, measures that would stem the tide of people coming into our country and wouldn't have to be paying for all this stuff, uh, welfare stuff?
0: Well, so, 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 we, so let's ask a question. By the way, you also have to make a point that I re- wrote about in a prior article. Why would you give driver's licenses to illegal aliens? There's two things I want your audience to think about. This is really critical. Number one, a driver's license gives a person legitimacy, okay? If I'm going to do business with you, the first thing you're going to say is, well, Mr. Cutler, do you have some ID? Who are Mm -hmm. you? Do you have a a license, right? First thing they're going to ask for. You pull out the driver's license, now you appear credible. Yep. Uh, If you don't have a driver's license, they're going to say, hmm, something's wrong with this guy. He doesn't have ID. Maybe I shouldn't trust him. So this is part of the embedding tactic of the terrorists. The 9-11 Commission made that point. In fact, the 19 hijackers in total had used more than 360 false names and variations of false names, counterfeit and legitimate documents, driver's licenses, and so forth. In fact, they traveled all over the country looking for the states where they could more easily get driver's licenses because it really gives that appearance of credibility that the person's trustworthy. The second part to that component, besides the form of concealment and develops credibility, since 9-11, I am not aware of a single airplane hijacking that was involved with an act of terror anywhere in the United States, perhaps not even in the world. Perhaps tightening up airline security, airport security has helped. I don't know. We may never know why. Here's my question. What has now become the weapon of mass destruction of choice by terrorists across the world? Cars. Motor motor vehicles. When well, my father taught me to drive and he handed me the keys to the family Chevy, he said, Mike, look me in the eye, my eye very seriously. Tragically, I lost him to cancer when I was 19. He was 57. He'd worked in the shipyards during the Second World War, died of lung cancer. But he looked me in the eye and said, Mike, a car is more lethal than a handgun. Be careful with the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so we're giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens whose identities can't be verified. And with that license, they can go out and rent vehicles. Without the license, you can't rent a vehicle. Understand what a level of betrayal this is. And I would argue that everyone says the immigration system is broken. I'm going to shock you and your audience. The immigration system is anything but broken. It is the most efficient delivery system this side of FedEx and UPS. It delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor. And believe me, there's no compassion in exploitation. It delivers an unlimited supply of foreign tourists. That's why on 9-11 there were 26 visa waiver countries. Thanks to the anti-American, enemy of America, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, it is our biggest enemy next to the Communist Party. They created something called the Discover America Partnership. You go to their website, they've partnered with the hotel, hospitality, travel, and manufacturing associations. Their goal is to flood America with cheap labor and customers and consumers. It's all about the money. They are far more concerned with headcounts on airplanes and, and baseball stadiums and theaters than they are with body counts in the morgue. So on 9-11, we had 26 visa waiver countries. The commission warned that the visa process needed to be tightened up. You would have thought that would have been the end of the visa waiver program started by Ronald Reagan. I have to make that point. Mm -hmm. Guess what? We're now up to 38 visa waiver countries because of the efforts of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and their cohorts. It also delivers an unlimited supply of foreign students. Up until President Trump, God bless him for what he's doing, We were admitting hundreds of thousands of Chinese STEM students, engineers, programmers. They're building up their military. They threaten us with it. They are hacking our computers, and we have been training their computer programmers here in the United States. So it delivers an unlimited supply of foreign students, over 8,000 schools authorized to bring in foreign students, and you see some really crazy things. How many people are really going to come from the third world and spend $25,000 to learn woodworking or how to trim a dog's hair? That's a subterfuge to get people into the United States, not just by running the border. We're a country of 50 border states. Immigration fraud is a huge issue. In fact, I testified in my very first hearing before Congress four and a half years before 9-11 on May 20th, 1997, on the issue of visa fraud and immigration fraud because of the two terror attacks in 93. A Pakistani national by the name of Kansi, who, by the way, used a delivery van, a courier van, drove into the parking lot at CIA headquarters in Virginia, opened fire with an AK-47, killed two CIA officers, wounded three others, and fled the country. That's another advantage foreign criminals and terrorists have over Americans. They have an escape hatch through which they can easily escape. Of course, in the case of Kansi, given the nature of his crimes, our guys tracked him down dragged him back here, put him on trial, he was found guilty and executed, but it certainly didn't bring the dead back to life. And then the following month, the first bombing at the Trade Center that injured more than 1,000 people, killed six, and inflicted a half billion in damages. So, and the final thing that the immigration system delivers, and the politicians from both parties are excited and enthusiastic about this, an unlimited supply of clients for immigration law firms. That's why they want comprehensive reform, not to get the aliens out of the shadows, but into the waiting rooms of the law firms across the country. What do you think of that?
1: Man, yeah, I think that uh, you have a lot of information that you share with us. That's true. I mean, you, fin- you, you, you mentioned in your article the House approved $4.5 billion supplemental spending bill Tuesday night yep. to address humanitarian issues at the U.S.-Mexico border, And to provide additional funding for food, water, medical services and stronger protections for unaccompanied children, among other things, setting up a showdown between the Democratic House and the Republican led Senate. The House bill Mm -hmm. passed 230 to 195 included specifics that would, and I want everybody to listen to this, prevent the Trump administration from allowing any funding to go forward, beefing up. The Immigration and Customs Enforcement, that's ICE, personnel at the border likely to become a point of contention with the Republicans, which it did, which killed it, which made them have to support the Senate bill.
0: And now you've got DACA back in the courts. Now, understand DACA was simply a policy decision by the Obama administration, and courts have ruled it to have been illegal. They couldn't get comprehensive reform passed. I wrote an op-ed for The Washington Times that then-Senator Jeff Sessions liked so much. He quoted me from the floor of the Senate on three separate days during the uh, debates back in 2006, which led to the demise of the bill. He actually sent me a certificate commemorating it because I came to call it the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act. The idea, again, that we would have to move so many applications without the ability to do field investigations. And, you know, I I just want to read something real quick. This is from the 9-11 Commission Staff Report on Terrorist Travel. This is an official document prepared by the federal agents, that's FBI, ATF, immigration agents, assigned to the 9-11 Commission along with lawyers, and it was printed by the government printing office. So this isn't something that was published by, you know, some website. This is an official government report, the 9-11 Commission Staff Report on Terrorist Travel. Think of this when you hear about the asylum seekers and DACA, and how we need to be compassionate. This is directly from the report. Terrorists in the 1990s, as well as the September 11th hijackers, needed to find a way to stay in or embed themselves in the United States if their operational plans were to come to fruition. As already discussed, this could be accomplished legally by marrying an American citizen, achieving temporary worker status. That's what DACA is, okay, temporary worker status or applying for asylum after entering. In many cases, the act of filing for an immigration benefit sufficed to permit the alien to remain in the country until the petition was adjudicated. Terrorists were free to conduct surveillance, coordinate operations, obtain and receive funding, go to school and learn English, make contacts in the United States, acquire necessary materials, and execute an attack. How much clearer could it be? And then you have Nancy Pelosi jumping up and down and saying, "My gosh, the Trump administration wants to deport aliens who simply overstayed their visas." So let's use an analogy. People get confused when they hear immigration, so let's walk away from immigration just for a moment and let me ask you a question, Dave. Have you ever checked into a hotel?
1: Yep. Okay. Gonna be gonna okay. be do- Everybody
0: in your audience is probably I'm sure that. that they have. Are you- Okay, so this is something everyone can relate to. You check in, you give them your credit card because you have to pay, correct? Maybe they offer a free breakfast, but it's not really free. You're paying for it. Maybe they have a swimming pool or a physical fitness center. But again, it's not free. That's part of what you're paying for. Right. And you agree that if you break something, you're going to take care to replace or repair it. You break it, you buy it, and finally, you are agreeing, whether you realize it or not, that you will leave by the day that your reservation expires, mm-hmm. okay? So if let's say I went to visit someone in Virginia, and I rent a room in the Holiday Inn, and they say, well, when do you plan to leave, Mr. Cutler? And I say, I'm leaving July the 10th. Well, the morning of July the 10th, you know, in the wee small hours, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the morning, the, someone from the front desk, slides that bill under your door telling you what you owe them, and that checkout time is 11 o'clock, 12 noon, whatever. Maybe they'll give you a two-hour period of grace if you want late checkout. Some hotels offer that. But you must vacate the room. Now, if for some reason you're having so much fun or you want to have another meeting with some other business associate, you might go to the front desk and say, gee whiz, can I stay two more days? Now, I've been in that situation. Right. And sometimes they say, sure thing, Mr. Cutler. And sometimes they'll say, sorry, we've already reserved your room for someone else, but well, we know a hotel about a half a mile down the road, they have some vacancies. Would you like me to call them and tell them you're coming? All right? Because you have to get out of the room. And if you don't get out of the room, the hotel will call the police, and they will throw you out of the room.
1: Yeah, they'll they'll escort necessary. you. That's the way they put it. Okay. We'll, they'll be there to is, escort you from the, escort from the hotel. You.
0: Yes, to make sure you find your way out of the room. <laughs> now, let me ask you, Does anybody ever complain that this is unfair? When an alien comes in on a temporary visa, remember, I was an inspector for the first four years of my career. The first two questions that you ask the people coming in, what is the purpose for your visit? How long do you plan to stay? And if the person says, I'm going to be staying a month, we might give them three months. Doesn't matter. But when the three months is up, is it unreasonable to say you entered into a contractual agreement with the government of the United States? You were admitted by our folks at CBP Customs and Border Protection with the understanding that you would be leaving the United States no later than, let's say, December 31st, 2019. And here it is, March of 2020. You are still here. You need to leave, and we're going to help you out of the country. What is unreasonable, and is this not comparable to what happens at a hotel?
1: I I agree with you, but you know as well as I do the the lines that have been drawn in Washington, D.C., when we talk about illegal aliens and what we're supposed to be to be done with them is is just gotten crazy. Let's take a break. But
0: this goes back to my point, Dave. Forgive me
1: for interrupting. Yeah. But that's why I am
0: convinced that what we are seeing is not because we lack the ability. It's because this is exactly what the elite in both parties want.
1: All right. Well, let's talk when we come back. I got one last question for you when we get back, and that deals with uh, it's up in front of the Supreme Court. They haven't made their final decision about the census and this question about are you, you know, a legal uh, citizen of the United States.
0: Are you an alien or a citizen? That's all it asks. Okay. Immigration status. Are you a citizen or not? Okay, well,
1: let's talk about that because what's the big deal? Seems to me that's a legitimate question. More on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back uh, in the studio today, joining me, uh, Michael Cutler. Been talking with him about illegal aliens and about the people that are just rushing, bull rushing our border for the most part. Why is all this money being approved? Uh, Because we got too many people coming from across the border. It's that simple. It's not rocket science here. There's too many people coming across the border. And uh, so I, I wanted to have him on today. He's given us an hour today. It's been really interesting. And uh, just uh, walking into the studio, getting ready for next hour, is uh, Robert Steinbach, uh, professor of law from over at uh, uh, Euler. And his opinions are his and his alone, and not necessarily those of the University or School of Law. Okay, Michael, to you. Again, tell us what you're thinking about. What is the big deal here with our census that the Supreme Court is having such a hard time letting one little question be asked.
0: Well, this question goes back well over 100 years. It's not unusual to ask that question. The question doesn't ask, what is your immigration status? Or do you have a green card? Are you a temporary resident? All it asks is, are you an American citizen? And when you think about all the questions that they've incorporated in the census, how much money you earn? How many people live with you? Do you rent or own your house? I mean, I filled out census forms with all kinds of crazy, intrusive questions. But you would think that because of the reason, then let's understand the reason for the censor, the, the census in the first place, is to apportion the seats in the House and, and the votes in the Electoral College. So the, the administration, the Trump administration, said, look, we want to make certain that we're not dealing with voter fraud. We want to have an idea as to how many Americans are actually living in each area, because we want to make sure that that coincides with the number of people who are registered to vote, that we don't have more people registered to vote than the number of citizens that we've come up with during the, uh, during the census. Um, and there's another issue here. Again, it comes back to representation in Congress. Because without making that distinction, or even with making the distinction, illegal aliens are getting representation. Because if you are in a city that has lots of illegal aliens, that city not only gets more seats in the House and Electoral College, it also gets money. So this is about funding. And the Democrats are arguing that if people are intimidated, they won't come forward and fill out the form, and they will go uncounted. If they go uncounted, they will lose the benefit of the representation in Congress and the Electoral College. Of course, they're not saying that. They're more concerned, they say, with how much money will be allocated for schools and, and so forth. But this comes back to another issue. When everyone talks about free college, I, I just I, it's a quick segue. I happen to agree with free college for American kids if they're willing to study something we need. If we need doctors, we should put American kids living in poverty through school so that they can be successful and contribute to society rather than live in poverty. But if you say to the whole world, if you come to America, we will educate you, we will give you health care, and we will feed and clothe you. Someone even said we should be providing food and clothing, one of the candidates. Mm -hmm. Instead of going to the mall, if you're in Mexico, come to America and shop for free, in a manner of speaking. And and so the Trump administration, trying to get a handle on how much of a crisis we're dealing with, is being rebuffed by, by um, Chief Justice Roberts, which I find incredible, by the way. I don't think there's anything wrong with that question. Yeah,
1: no, I don't see anything wrong with it either. Robert, what about you? Legal legal question? It's been on the census for many years. It was only taken off relatively recently. And what I don't seem to understand... By Obama, by the way. Right. And so what I don't understand is why was there no uproar when it was taken off? And if it was taken off, why is the default not just to put it back on? Why does the the, uh, current administration need to explain why it
2: wants to return to what we had been doing for all of these years?
1: I agree. Well,
0: you know what, Professor? It's the same way. Why do they need to justify ending policies known as
2: DACA? Right, right. Which why are, is that in the court? Which is an entirely, and the claim is because somehow some rights have vested in these in these folks.
1: How do, how do executive order uh, um, so-called rights vest? I don't buy it. Yeah, I agree.
0: I don't either. Well, thank you, Professor. I'm glad <laughs> we're on the same page. Yeah, well, Indeed. he's
1: one of the few... Conservative professors you'll find out there in law schools in this country. Hey, by the way, Michael, we're out of time. I'll tell everybody where they can get your writings at.
0: Absolutely. My my ob- Obviously, my website is my favorite. It's Michael Cutler, C U T L E R, MichaelCutler.net. I write for Front Page Magazine, Frontpagemag.com. I also write for DML News, Dennis Michael Lynch, DMLNews.com. And I host my radio show Friday nights, the Michael Cutler Hour on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Please check it out. If this gets you worked up, folks, please get involved. So much hangs in the balance. Be mindful of it, especially as we enjoy this Fourth of July weekend, and understand how many Americans have given their lives and paid such heavy prices for American independence. Let's make certain that we keep it alive and well.
1: Thank you, Michael. We'll have you back on. We do it about once a quarter. Yeah, I figure about August or September, brother. We'll talk to you then. All right, Michael Cutler here on the Dave Ellswick Show